Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. I'm Becky Hansen. This is Closer Look. My guest today is Dan Kenny, Executive Director of DeKalb County Community Gardens. Welcome to Closer Look, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I like the tagline of the community gardens. It reads, ending hunger, empowering individuals, and growing community. Do you have a success story that kind of puts that in a picture for us? Sure. One of our programs is a farm called Walnut Grove Vocational Farm. And um, we developed that farm to help individuals with disabilities between the ages of 15 and 25. And we've been able to um, help several of those individuals be able to get employment on other farms from the skills that they learned at their Walnut Grove vocational farm. And doing doing that at the farm, they also are producing food that gets distributed to people in need um, who are fighting hunger. So that together we're growing the community, empowering those individuals and ending hunger all at the same time with the same program of teaching those skills. Everybody has something to offer, it sounds like. The actual mission is DeKalb County Community Gardens empowers DeKalb County residents to choose healthy and sustainable foods through community education. That's a wonderful effort. How did it all begin? Oh, actually, it started uh, when I was a, a teacher. I'm a retired elementary school teacher, and I was working with uh, in-school suspension students in our school district. And um I realized through my conversations with them, they didn't know where their food came from. And so we put a garden in together with those students and uh, with help from the community. And then we started taking the food that we grew in that garden to the food pantries. And um, that's how it got started. I'm sure it started out fairly small. How have things changed since the beginning? Yes, um, we did start out small. We started out with about um, 12 individuals sitting around the table planning it all out. We started with seven gardens. Since that time, um, we have grown to have over 300 volunteers a year and have established 58 different gardens around the county. That's incredible. That's that's some major growth there. So who are these volunteers? Well, we have several different types of volunteers. We have other retired individuals who volunteer with us. We have uh, groups from the local university and community college. We have uh, civic groups, um, uh, groups from different churches who are involved and volunteer at different times, as well as um, students who are doing internships and just many different um, individuals from different parts of the community. It sounds like there's room for everybody. Uh, You mentioned that there are 58 gardens, and I imagine if they're spread out across the county, you have some maybe more urban and some more in the country. What are those different gardens like? Yes, we have uh, gardens in um, smaller communities of a thousand people or less, and as well as in our urban areas. We also have gardens at all the elementary schools and two of the school districts in the county. We also have gardens at food pantry locations so that the food goes directly into the food pantry. And also we have a farm um, in the rural area, which is the Walnut Grove vocational farm that I mentioned earlier, as well as a hospital garden that's located um, near our hospital. And that's a partnership with a small um, local business as well. So we have many different sites. 
and it was spread out. One one of our sites is called the Mayor's Garden, which is near City Hall. So we spread them out all over the county. You know, I'm a I'm a country girl myself, and I can imagine if I were living in a larger community that having access to the garden would be really nice. It would kind of bring me back to my farming days. Do you have a lot of people that just like getting their hands in the dirt? Yes, we do. We have uh, several who remember gardening with their grandmothers and um, they they live in an urban setting now, but uh, they are very anxious to, to be able to experience gardening. We also have, as I said before, retired people who used to garden a lot on their own and now they live in an apartment and don't have their own garden so they they look forward to being able to be in the garden. If you're just tuning in, I'm Becky Hansen. This is Closer Look and my guest today is Dan Kenny, Executive Director of DeKalb County Community Gardens. Dan, what and who decides what's grown in a garden? Well, we usually have, it depends on which garden we're talking about. We have gardens um, where we decide as a staff what's grown. We have gardens where individuals can grow whatever they choose and they rent the space for like $10 a year and then they can grow whatever they want. Um, We also have gardens where the children, like our school gardens, um, our school garden coordinator does an activity with the kids to um, introduce them to different types of vegetables that can be grown in our climate and then the kids get to choose what vegetables they grow. You know, I learned when my kids were little that they were a lot more apt to try unusual vegetables if they played a part in growing it themselves. Do you find that to be true? Yes, very much so. As I said, I was a teacher, and when I first put in the garden for my class, I put in a strawberry bed in one of the gardens, and um, I was out picking. I was teaching fourth grade, and the little girl that was picking the strawberries with me was just putting them all in the bucket and I was eating one every once in a while <laughs> as I was picking them and she wasn't eating any. I said, why aren't you eating any of the strawberries? She said, I don't really like them. They're kind of hard and they don't taste very good. I said, have you ever had a strawberry right off the vine? And she said, no. So I finally coaxed her to put one into her mouth and she bit down on it and she said, wow, this isn't a strawberry. I said, yes, this is a real strawberry. (laughs) (laughs) And so she changed her whole attitude about strawberries. Those frozen strawberries just aren't as good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. And the kids are really much more apt to eat vegetables if they're involved with growing them and getting to choose which ones they plant and and watching the development of, of the plant. The idea of community gardens seems to be a growing movement. Why is that? Why do you think? Well, I think that with uh, food prices as the way they are, the uh, food allergies that people have developed over the years, um, and um, just wanting to have a little bit more control over their food. Individuals who care about climate realize that their food travels about 1,500 miles before it gets to their plate. There's many different uh, reasons why people get involved with gardening. And of course, now with the pandemic, we've had a more increase in food insecurity. So people will see it as a way of being able to provide food security for themselves and their families. Let's talk about some of the programs you offer. And you've already mentioned that there are the 58 gardens in DeKalb County. So with that garden program, how do people become involved? What, what's the process? Well, if it's a school garden, they can get involved as uh, parents by volunteering to take care of the gardens during the summer and help with the gardens during the school year. 
they usually get involved through the PTA or through the school or through their teacher of different classes. Um, our school coordinator, garden coordinator, takes care of that. We also have garden plots, as I mentioned, that we rent out of different sizes for individuals who live in apartments or have other reasons they can't have a garden in their, of their own in their own on their own property. Uh, so they rent the gardens, and um, that is done through usually the city or sometimes the park district, depending on the on the community. So that's how they find out about doing that. Our other gardens are usually run by volunteers. And so that, that's how they get involved is through volunteering. We have on our website, decalbgardens.org, we have a website uh, that has a button for volunteering where you can sign up to volunteer. Now, are these large gardens? Uh, if you're paying $10, did you say a, a season? Some of them are $10 a season. Those are five by 10 raised beds. And then the others are $20 for a season. And they're uh, 15 feet wide by 30 feet long. And you can grow as many vegetables as you want for the entire year. Pretty good deal right there. So you mentioned briefly the Walnut Grove Vocational Farm and Prairie, uh, which is really an amazing effort. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. The history of that is I was at, we have a small community of about 3,000 people in the northern part of our county, and I was at a meeting there, and a gentleman came up to me after the meeting and said that I understand the Cal County Community Gardens would like to have a farm. He said, I have a farm, but I would like to have it used for a special purpose, and she, he said that I have a son with Down syndrome, and um, I had a dream ever since he was born 20 years ago that he wouldn't have to work in a sheltered workshop, that he would be able to be outdoors. And he said, I'd be glad to let you use my farm if we can use it for, also use it for individuals with special needs so that they can get some skill training in the outdoors. So that's how we started their Walnut Grove Vocational Farm. He's letting us use this property. And so we put up uh, two large greenhouses, commercial size, 3,000 square foot greenhouses, where we grow uh, plants starting in February and get them ready to sell in, in May. And that produces um, revenue for our program. We now provide uh, educational opportunities for students in all of the high schools all across our, our county where they are bused up to the farm and uh, they spend a day working in, with the plants and working outdoors in the garden in the season or working down at the prairie. And we also have uh, other individuals from day programs or from uh, residences for individuals with dis- developmental disabilities who come to the farm and learn skills as well. What a great effort. I think that's a great idea. This is Closer Look. Thanks for joining us. I'm Becky Hansen with my special guest, Dan Kenny, Executive Director of DeKalb County Community Gardens. You're going to find them online at decalbgardens.org, or you can reach them by phone at 779-212-9543. Dan, we were talking about the different programs of the gardens. One other one I found to be really interesting was the Grow Mobile and delivering healthy produce and food. What are the requirements of this program? Well, this program we started about three years ago uh, when we were able to cobble together some grant money to purchase a refrigerated truck. And um, one of the things we realized is that our food pantries are across the county. Usually we're only open for two hours at a time, and usually one day a week. 
And if an individual was trying to work a part-time job, it's very difficult for them to get to the pantries when they were open. We also have some food deserts in our county where um, individuals without transportation have a very difficult time getting to grocery stores as well as food pantries. So we started the Grow Mobile program to take the refrigerated truck with food to where the uh, neighborhoods are. And so that would help with individuals who are um, elderly, perhaps, or uh, without transportation to get to the um, food pantries. It's like there's a program for everybody. Another one is called Box of Hope, and I think it's seasonal. Yes. Box of Hope is a CSA program, a community-supported agricultural program, where we provide um, boxes of fresh vegetables 20 weeks out of the growing season for individuals to subscribe to. And then they also can make um, a donation to DCCG to provide a box of hope of fresh vegetables to a family in need throughout the growing season. And so that's been very popular and it helps us to be able to provide fresh, healthy, nutritious food for everybody. You have a program called Farm to Pantry and it sounds to me like it's good for farmers and good for the community. Yes, well, this is our first year of doing this. Uh, We wanted to do what we could to help the local farmers that are growing vegetables and also help pantries be able to have access to fresh, nutritious food. And so we put together a program where the farmers get um, an amount of money that's um, comparable to their wholesale price for their vegetables, and then we transport the vegetables from the farm to the local food pantries for the food to be distributed to the individuals and families in need. And it's been very successful and very popular. It benefits the farmers as well as benefits the families who are food insecure. Are there any other uh, programs that you'd like to focus on? Well, I think our school garden program is is excellent. It provides a lot of educational opportunities for the kids. Um, Our school garden coordinator does a great job of putting together lesson plans that are related to the uh, curriculum, related to state standards, but also involves the gardens and healthy eating. And so those programs have been very successful. Another program is the uh, Dulce Vida Northwestern Medicine Garden, which is connected to the hospital that we have here in our county. And um, we provide uh, educational programs at the gardens where they um, work with individuals with the, uh, diabetes or maybe a heart condition. They can come out to the garden, learn how the crops are grown, and then also harvest some uh, crops when they're when they're ready, and then take them into the kitchen that we have at the hospital, and they learn how to prepare the fresh vegetables. And we've had a lot of people tell us that that's really helped them change their diet and then change their lifestyles, and so that's helped a lot of people. I can see how this would enable people to get the produce that maybe they couldn't afford or just don't have access to. And it's so good for healthy living and enjoyment. Yeah, we've had a lot of people who have never had an opportunity to make fresh vegetables before. I remember one of the first times we went to one of the um, housing complexes where we have a lot of individuals that have moved out to our area from Chicago. And so uh, one woman was looking at our table and she picked up a tomato and she said, is this a tomato or an apple? She said, I don't know the difference between the two, but I know they're both red. And uh, just kind of struck me, uh, having grown up on a farm myself, that 
there are people who never have that opportunity to have access to fresh food on a regular basis and be able to know the difference between the different types of vegetables, let alone how to prepare them. So the educational process is really part of the whole effort as well. And that's also a way of empowering people, uh, teaching them how to prepare fresh produce. In fact, in relation to education and preparing food, we have a program we call the Genoa Area Community Food Hub, which is located in Genoa, Illinois. And it's a uh, building where we have a food pantry, but we also have a community commercial kitchen where individuals can rent the kitchen for a few hours at a time to, to prepare meals. But they also have, they have cooking classes there as well as food preservation classes so that individuals can sign up for a class and learn how to cook uh, certain vegetables or prepare certain dishes or as well as preserve food. It's so well-rounded. How has the pandemic affected the work of the community gardens? Well, it's interfered some with our education um, classes in terms of having people together for to learn. It also has increased the food security needs in our county quite a bit. Actually, we've seen an increase of 400% in the need since the pandemic started. We also had to change the way we were distributing food so that we had to go to prepared boxes. This interfered with people being able to shop and choose the foods that they want because we had to prepare them and just hand them out into their cars as they drove through. And since the pandemic started, since March 21st, we've served over 66,000 individuals and 20,000 households. And this is in a county that with a population of 104,000. So we've really served a lot of people that have never had used food pantries before but the pan, because of the pandemic and lost their jobs or whatever related to the pandemic that um, has increased the need. That indicates an incredible need with those figures. How is the community garden funded? We rely on donations, fundraisers, and we get a few local grants from foundations and um, the for our vulnerable vocational farm, we also are fortunate that in our county, we have a DeKalb County Mental Health Board, uh, which helps us with some funding to help with the vocational farm for individuals with developmental disabilities. But mostly we rely on fundraisers and donations. Do you, in a typical year, I know COVID has changed everything, but do you normally have yearly events? Yes, we do. We um, as I mentioned, with the greenhouse up at the farm, the Walnut Grove Vocational Farm, we have um, an open house in the spring, usually the Saturday before Mother's Day, when we sell plants and flowers and vegetables for people to use in their own home gardens. And we also have a um, fall harvest benefit, we call it, which is in connection with a local restaurant where we take vegetables from the gardens as well as other locally raised or grown um, produce and make it uh, this local chef at this restaurant makes a wonderful meal out of it and that's what we use for um, a fundraiser in September and then also at uh, for Giving Tuesday uh, we usually have a challenge where we distribute um, this year we're going to distribute 5,000 pounds of food in one day with the idea of raising $5,000 while we're distributing that 5,000 pounds of food. What's in the future for the community gardens? One of our biggest goals is to establish what we are calling a community food and education center, 
one of our neighborhoods in the city of DeKalb is considered a USDA food desert area. It has a population of 25% of our total population of the community lives in this neighborhood, but there is no grocery store for over a mile, a mile away. And so, uh, and most of the income of the individuals in this neighborhood is below $20,000 a year. And so um, we hope to have a community food and education center there where we have the greenhouses. Um, we have the commercial kitchen, a food hub, and the restaurant and the grocery store all in one location in the neighborhood so that it can also provide job training opportunities while meeting the needs for food security um, in the neighborhood. As we're winding down the interview today, do you have another story that talks about how the community gardens have affected someone in the community? Um, sure. One of the things is that the um, garden that we have that we call the Dulce Vida Northwestern Medicine Garden is also a, a place where we've had a junior master gardener program where children under the age of 10 have um, come out on a weekly basis during the summer and they've been involved with learning to grow and um, to grow the food and harvest the food and also take it to the food pantries. And one little boy came up to our coordinator there and said, this is the first time I've ever planted the seed. And he was just amazed at the whole process of being able to see it from the seed starting point all the way through to when he was able to harvest the fruit from the, from the plant. So uh, that's been a great opportunity for, for children to be able to do that. It's a miraculous thing. I remember planting my first, I think it was a green bean <laughs> plant in <laughs> school. And you remember watching that little thing grow up. It was pretty great. Yeah, it's great because people are involved in the miracle of life on a regular basis. And not everybody gets the opportunity to do that. How does the effort change over the winter season? We are planning for the next year. Um, we, of course, are ordering supplies, looking at the past year, learning from the, some lessons from the past year and how we can change and make it better for the next year. We also uh, have a germination room that's heated, and so at the farm, our greenhouses are also heated, so the plants are started in the germination room, working with the individuals with disabilities, and they learn how to do that. And then that, as I said, starts in late January, early February, and by March, we're starting to put plants into the greenhouse. So we really don't have much of a, a very long winter. It's an exciting thing. Dan, our time together has gone by so quickly. Before we close, is there anything else you'd like to add? I'd just like people to keep in mind that um, a small group of people getting together can make a big impact on the community and that local food uh, being grown and harvested and shared in the local community can have, have an impact on the economy and on the health of that community as a whole. I'd like to thank my guest, Dan Kenny, Executive Director of DeKalb County Community Gardens. For more information on the community gardens, you can also email us at closerlook at klove.com. That's closerlook at klove.com. For Closer Look, I'm Becky Hansen. This has been Klove Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.